This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, diamond, diamond. Experience! Welcome to another episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check out last week's episode where I had the pleasure of chatting with actor, writer, and director Brandon McLemore about his film Dark Entities and the advantages of being a filmmaker outside of Los Angeles. And I wanted to start the show off by offering a little bit of an apology uh, to the viewers and listeners of this show. So last week, I was in Colorado with my wife celebrating our one-year anniversary. As you know, the show normally drops on Mondays. And then I realized that I forgot to schedule the episode to uh, go online this past Monday. So um was released a few days later, but um, it, it seems to be... Still doing really well. I uh, got a lot of positive feedback from it, but I did want to apologize to everyone uh, for the, the delay in the episode. But um, yeah, it's out now. If you want to go check that out, really fun conversation. For this week, it is the return of the top five list. People love the top five list. And I want to give a shout out to Wade Vatican, who's been a longtime listener of the show uh, for this month's top five suggestion which is top five TV series finales. And this is an interesting top five because I'm a sucker for a good series finale, even if it's a show that I don't regularly watch or even one that I haven't watched at all. If there's a show that goes, you know, seven, eight, nine, sometimes even 10 years, I'm always interested to see how the creators, the writers, and really everyone involved wrap up such a long-standing story. And if you're a follower of that show since day one, you want to be satisfied in how the show is resolved. And there's been some stinkers. Um, maybe I'll do a bottom five series finale uh, list one day because there are a lot of expectations when it comes to a series finale, especially for really popular shows. How do you wrap up you know, years of story and wrap up years of character development in a satisfying way. Hopefully it's a challenge that I can take on one day if I ever get to write a series. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. But a lot of really good suggestions and lists for this week. And um, if you haven't ever heard the top five list before, this is how it goes. Um, once a month, I do a top five list on the show. I'll post a comment on uh, Facebook usually, but sometimes I do Twitter and Instagram as well and ask for your suggestions for the top five list. And I'll announce, you know, what the list is going to be. And we go from there. You leave your list in the comments and I read them on the show after reading mine. Uh, normally I have honorable mentions, but for this week, um, or not for the, this month, I should say, I did not. Um, I was able to narrow it down to my five, and one is actually very recent, but it was so good that I had to put it in my list. So uh, without further ado, here is my top five list. My number five is Smallville. Smallville is a show that I watched from day one. Um, I was really excited about the idea of it. I remember it premiered in 2001. I was a, I believe I was a sophomore in high school, when it premiered and it was about a month after 9-11 happened 
and everyone was looking for you know some type of positive story or something more positive to combat all the negativeness that was in the news. Smallville comes along. Superman obviously is a very popular character, one of the most notable characters in pop culture history. And this was a different take on Superman and Clark Kent because we got to see his younger years through high school leading up to when he became Superman. That was obviously, you know, high, high expectations were in that finale. And I think overall, the series went a couple of years too long. I would have loved if they had been able to wrap this show up in maybe six seasons. You go through his high school years, then maybe a year where he's kind of trying to figure himself out and get himself acclimated with the real world. And then it ends with him putting the suit on. We kind of got that, even though you know Tom Welling didn't technically wear the suit. You know, if you go back and watch the finale, you only see um, shots from like neck up and you can see like a superimposed cape and a little bit of the blue. And then you just have these wide shots of uh, a CG version of him um, wearing the suit. But it was still cool to see, you know, the Daily Planet. It was great to see Michael Rosenbaum come back as Lex Luthor. I still think he's the greatest Lex Luthor of all time when it comes to, to live action specifically. Um, I wish that they would have continued Smallville as a movie and we would have gotten to see Tom Welling actually in the suit, seen all the other characters, because I thought all the other characters were portrayed really well. You had Erica Durrance as Lois Lane. John Glover was incredible as Lionel Luther, the father of Lex Luthor. And uh, we actually, um, Jason Robbins and Mike Eveland and myself, we did a Smallville roundtable that uh, was part of the feature presentation podcast that um, I'm probably going to re-release at some point during the summer when the show is on break. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that a little bit later on. But Smallville, I think even though the show went a few years too long, it still wrapped things up in a nice way. And I still enjoyed going back and watching the finale every now and then. My number four is the most recent, and that would be Star Trek Picard. So I'm, I'll be honest in saying that I'm not a giant Star Trek fan. I respect, you know, the, the longevity. I love the fandom. Um, I respect a lot about it, but I've just never been a huge fan. My exception to that is The Next Generation. My grandmother introduced me to that show um, when the show was coming out on DVD. You know, they would release full seasons and then, you know, like they would release season one, then sometime later they'd release two and so on and so forth. She was a huge fan of the show and she was buying the DVD sets. And I never watched the show before, but after the first couple of episodes, I was hooked. So I was excited when Picard, the, you know, the spinoff show, or you could call it a continuation of the next generation. It was announced. The first season came out in 2020. I was really excited about it, except the first two seasons didn't quite deliver on everyone's expectations. And I struggled to really get into the story because I felt like everything was so discombobulated and they weren't really telling a cohesive story. Season three comes out and it's everything that a next generation fan would want. It felt like a true continuation of the show. 
and the finale was perfect. I wouldn't change a single thing about it, and I'm not going to go into details because as I'm recording this, the finale just aired this past week, so I'm not going to get into too many details, but it wrapped up beautifully, and I wouldn't have changed a single thing about it. It was that good. My number three is Star Trek The Next Generation. You know, uh, going back and, and watching that show or getting to experience it for the first time, watching the seasons on DVD, I was wondering how it was going to wrap up. And the story was a little more complex than I expected. I, I love that they brought Q back uh, as a callback to the first episode when he was putting humanity on trial and put Picard through this last test where he was having to hop through time to solve this one giant problem and I thought you know the finale with um, the crew playing cards at the end was a really nice touch on ending that show but it was it was really really good my number two is Breaking Bad this was a show that like a bunch of other people I didn't really get into until the final season was starting to air when someone brings up binge watching, I always think of Breaking Bad first because I feel like that introduced the concept to a whole lot of people because the previous seasons were out on Netflix and that's where it really became popular. Watched through the entire season was hooked pretty much from the beginning. Well, season one was uh, looking back on it was a little bit of a stretch to get through at times, but from season two on, it was just like one emotional crisis and, you know, one emotional gut punch after the other through almost every episode. And I say that about the final season, especially because it, it felt like so many huge things were happening in every episode. And it, it I think it beautifully wrapped up uh, the evolution of Walter White's character uh, because the whole show was about, a good person becoming bad. And he acknowledged that he became a bad person. And, you know, he got to go out on his own terms, if you want to call it that. But as beautifully as it can wrap up a villain or, you know, in, in some cases, an anti-hero story, I think it wrapped it up beautifully. But speaking of wrapping things up beautifully, my number one, and it's more than likely always going to be this, but my number one is Cheers. I got into Cheers towards the end of its run um, when I was old enough to kind of remember what was going on. And I remember watching the finale as a kid, and then I didn't watch the show for a long time. You know, it still ran in syndication in some places, but I just kind of fell out of it. Then the show came out on... DVD and went through and watched it again. And that's when I saw the finale um, for the first time as an adult. And I remember just thinking even back then how perfectly they bookended the, the Cheers story because the first episode, it begins with Sam Malone played by Ted Danson coming out of the back room of the bar and he's, getting set to open everything, open up the bar, you know, that's Diane comes in not too long after that. And they're off to the races as far as the, the multiple stories that were told throughout that show's run. The finale ends with Sam telling this, you know, one final customer, sorry, we're closed. And he goes up to, 
you know, one of the back areas of the bar and he adjusts this this picture of Geronimo that, uh, as a side note, was in the uh, dressing room of Nick Colasanto, who played coach in the early years of the show. He passed away, um, I think, during season three. And then, you know, Woody Harrelson took over in, in season four, kind of filling the void of of that character. And they put that picture in the back of the bar as a tribute to him. So that was their little nod at paying tribute to coach. And then Sam walks in the back room and then that's how the show ends. So it was just perfect. You know, like I, the, the term bookend is what I would use to describe that show. But I, I loved, you know, even leading up to that with all the characters kind of talking about where they had been, where they were going to go from there. And it, it was, it was a perfect finale. And I, I will always think that. And more than likely, it will always be my number one series finale of all time. But let's get into uh, everyone else's list. Uh, we got a lot of good lists, um, a lot of good variety as well. Uh, first up, we have Wade Vatican. As I mentioned at the beginning, this was his idea. Uh, so shout out to Wade for that. Number five, How I Met Your Mother. He says, all roads lead back to Robin again. So I have not watched How I Met Your Mother. It's on my list. There's a very long list of shows and movies to watch. And that's kind of the thing with streaming and just so much content coming out is that it's really impossible to watch a lot of it. But one day I will get around to watching How I Met Your Mother. Number four is Seinfeld. The reappearances of all the bit characters that the gang did wrong. Hilarious. Seinfeld is a very divisive finale, and the most consistent argument I see with that is that Seinfeld was a show about nothing, but the finale felt like it wasn't about nothing. I didn't really have a problem with the finale. Do I think it was the greatest? No, but I didn't grow up watching Seinfeld. That was a show that, much like you know, Next Generation, I didn't watch it until it came out on DVD. And it was a struggle to get through that first season because it just felt so boring to me. But once once I got through it, you know, it was great. And I, I think Seinfeld's a great show, but I, I didn't have a problem with how the finale, uh, how, how the finale went. You know, it's I kind of take it or leave it either way. Like, I don't hate it, but I didn't love it either. Number three, Friends. She got off the plane. Um, I've seen bits and pieces of the Friends finale. And it, it's a show that, you know, we keep on here at the house, you know, is kind of like background noise. And one day I will watch the show from start to finish. I think I've watched the first two seasons all the way through. But other than that, I've just seen episodes kind of here and there. Uh, but I, I know it's one of the more beloved finales as well. Number two, Big Bang Theory. Sheldon and Amy finally get their lifelong dream, the Nobel Prize. Again, that's another show that I haven't watched. And people are surprised by that because people say it, it's right up my alley. Um, but I've just never sat down and watched it. But one day I will. Number one, cheers. Sam closing up the bar and zooming in on the picture of Coach. As I was saying, you know, with, with my suggestion, love cheers. To me, the greatest show ever made. And the best finale that has ever been done. Uh, Jason Robbins is up next. My co-host over at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. His top five TV finales. Uh, Serenity. 
I know it's a movie, but I don't care. It wrapped up Firefly perfectly. I was glad to finally get to watch Firefly. After hearing so much about it, when I finally got to see it, it didn't disappoint. And I, I liked Serenity as well. Um, Smallville, the show went on about five seasons too long, but damn it, seeing Tom Welling rip open his shirt to reveal the Superman logo as he ran towards the camera was just awesome. That was a really cool moment, and hearing the old John Williams Superman theme in the background was was really cool. And I, I'm glad he agrees with me in the sense that the show went, it went a little too long. And, and even that last season, there were some episodes that you could tell were just filler, and they're just trying to fill in content to lead up to the finale. Breaking Bad, I mean, Walter saving Jesse with a machine gun mounted in the trunk, Come on, I forgot about that moment. That was so cool. The Sopranos, don't stop believing and then cut to black, leaving it up to your imagination. Artistic perfection. I've never seen The Sopranos. Again, another very divided finale. And I remember when I first heard about it, I thought it was kind of weird. But I'll see for myself once I do finally watch the show what I actually think of it once I have the whole show kind of in context. And this is another great one, and this would have been an honorable mention for me. Scrubs, the season 8 true ending. The catastrophe that was season 9 doesn't count. JD walks down the hallway, seeing all the people who has crossed his path over the 8 seasons. Flash forwards to him and Turk as old men watching their kids get married. All to the song Book of Love by Peter Gabriel. If you don't cry, you aren't human. Perfect ending to that show. One of the most perfect show endings of all time. I, I agree with that. You know, I, I remember thinking when I watched that show, that was another show that I was introduced to through watching it on DVD and it ended perfectly. And then they brought it back for a ninth season. And I could tell after the first episode, yeah, this isn't going to be good, but you know, it is what it is. I, I don't think it really takes away from the season eight finale. Um, it, it was, it was perfect. You know, I, I don't think that I could have come up with a better idea for that. Next up, we have Steve Wise, a multiple time guest on this show. Uh, his top five are uh, Star Trek Picard, New Heart, which I know that that's a very iconic finale. Barney Miller, Star Trek The Next Generation and MASH. I, MASH is uh, up there on a lot of lists. Um, you know, in doing research for the show, I was looking back at, you know, different articles and lists that other, you know, outlets had done. And MASH was consistently near or at the top of all those lists. Chris Davis, in no particular order, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, when Cisco joins the Prophets. I need to watch Deep Space Nine. MASH, The Image of Goodbye, again, one of the most iconic shots in television. Lost, when Vincent comforts a dying Jack. See, I loved Lost when it first came out. I was one of the multiple people that was glued to the TV every week, and then at season three, they just lost me. One of these days, I will go back and I will watch the series from start to finish. Another very divisive finale. I just felt like the show got a little too weird. And maybe it'll be different when I go back and watch it, but... I don't know, just, it's kind of like The Walking Dead. After a certain point, they just lost me, and I couldn't, or, or didn't have the interest in keeping up. But, again, go back and watch it one day. 
Stargate Universe, Eli staring off into space. I've never watched Stargate. And then, let's see, Night Court, Aliens Abduct Bull. Um, I know Night Court was a very popular show. Um, another one that I haven't watched. There are so many shows that I haven't seen. And designated series, HBO, The Pacific, and Band of Brothers, How Soldiers Adjust to What They Went Through. Yeah, Band of Brothers was incredible. Um, if you've never watched it, do yourself a favor. You will not be disappointed. Uh, Jason Privet, definitely MASH and Breaking Bad, but the one I really love after watching it and giving it some thought is Mad Men, the Coke commercial. Um, I've seen bits and pieces of Mad Men, it looks like a show that I would really like, but again, I'm sounding like a broken record because there are so many shows that I haven't seen because there are so many good shows out there. It's tough to watch all of them. Uh, Jonathan McIntosh, choosing only shows with a planned definitive ending is hard. So in no particular order, Cheers, New Heart, Magnum P.I., Smallville, and MacGyver. Uh, MacGyver is another one that I need to watch as well. Honorable mention goes to St. Elsewhere for its famous WTF moment at the very end. I'll have to look that up. I'm not exactly sure what that is. Let's see. Two more lists. Josh Gay, a former guest of the show, as well as a former co-worker of mine over at the Blue Wahoos. So happy to hear from him. Uh, outside looking in, Futurama 2013 would be higher if they didn't keep coming back, though I always need more Futurama. I remember watching that show when it first premiered. I think it was in 1999. And I still have a very vivid memory of that first episode. Um, I didn't really keep up with it, but it keeps coming back for a reason. People love it. Uh, Star Wars Rebels. Clone Wars works too. Yeah, Rebels is is really good. Clone Wars is really good too. Um, I feel like I'm in the minority that I actually liked Rebels more than Clone Wars, but they're both great shows. Breaking Bad, The Wire, another iconic show that, you know, is regarded as one of the best of all time, New Heart and Cheers, which is a, a side note that involves Josh. If you want to go way back into the archives of the show, he, uh, Bill Lyons and myself did a Cheers roundtable back, I believe it was in 2016, and it was one of the most fun podcasts that I've ever recorded because the two of them came over to my apartment that I was living in at the time. And we had beer, we had uh, peanuts, pretzels, you know, we like we recreated the bar setting and we just talked about cheers for however long it was that we did. And that was the first round table that we did um, for this podcast. And there is one coming up that I'll get to um, here in a little bit, another round table that we'll be doing last but not least, Mr. Wally Phelps, the official fact checker of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. WCW Nitro, which I love that he put that on the list because that was another good finale. Because in the late 90s and early 2000s, I was a huge wrestling fan. Like if Monday night, that's what I was doing. I was flipping the channels between WWF Raw and WCW Nitro. And when I first started watching wrestling, I was more of a WCW fan. It really tapered off, especially in the year 2000. It was really hard to get through, but the finale was really cool. And it, you know, it was bittersweet because it was truly the end of an era. And to me, wrestling has not been nearly as good since then. There's still things to enjoy about it, but I, I will never forget those years 
of watching Raw and Nitro and them competing with each other. It, it was so good and such a great time to, to be a fan. Breaking Bad, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, MST3K, the original series, for those who don't know, that's Mystery Science Theater 3000, and Cheers. I was, I'm so happy that Cheers got the love it deserved throughout all these lists. But those are uh, the top five lists for TV series finales. And we'll be doing another top five in just a couple of weeks with Regan Bell and Christian Jones. They will actually be coming on the show. We're going to be doing our top five Star Wars moments. That's going to be a really hard list because when you think of the the original trilogy, the prequels, all the shows, the new trilogy... There's a lot of good moments, and it's going to be tough. I'm probably going to have at least five honorable mentions. So uh, they'll be coming on the show in a couple of weeks to do that. But for next week, it is the return of the roundtable discussion. Uh, Jason Robbins and Wally Phelps will be joining me. We're going to be reviewing season three of The Mandalorian, as well as doing a roundtable discussion on the show as a whole. And we'll be talking a little bit about some upcoming you know, Star Wars movies that were announced at Celebration, which I'll also be talking about with uh, Regan and Christian because they were actually over in London at Star Wars Celebration. So I'll be curious to to get their, um, you know, their take on being there in person for all those really cool announcements. So um, a lot of good Star Wars stuff to come up over the next couple of weeks. So if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll definitely want to uh, tune in for those episodes. For this upcoming Thursday, I'm going to be releasing my review of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always, which was an hour-long special that was released as part of the 30-year anniversary of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It was a huge part of my childhood, one of my favorite shows as a kid. Uh, got to watch the, fin- uh, not the finale, I've got the top five list on the brain, but I got to watch the special, so I'll be doing a review on that. I did want to uh, give a shout out to everyone uh, for the kind feedback on the Mario Brothers movie review, hence why I'm doing Power Rangers. I'm not going to be doing a review every single week. It'll probably just be things that, you know, I I want to review and talk about. So you won't be getting two episodes every single week, but you'll get another episode this upcoming Thursday. But until then, you could check out past episodes of the show. Just head over to linktree.com slash Podcast, where you can find your podcast subscription uh, information, uh, links to the YouTube channel, as well as all forms of social media, which again, um, I meant to mention this at the top of the show, but um, the show has finally passed a thousand followers across all the social media platforms that it's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So thank you so much uh, for the continued support. And uh, yeah, some really exciting stuff coming up over the next few weeks leading up to the finale of the show or the season finale of the show. Um, the show's probably going to go through um, the end of May and then we'll come back in uh, September, which in between that time, um, I'll be re-releasing episodes of the feature presentation podcast that aren't available um, to listen to anywhere. So you still keep the the subscription uh, to the show. You'll get to hear stuff that if you didn't get to hear feature presentation, you'll get to hear that um, on this show uh, throughout the summer. And if you could please leave a review, I know I'm throwing out a lot of, a lot of information, but uh, it's all good. Um, if you could please leave a review on your podcasting platform of choice, 
the more reviews I get, the more visible the show is uh, to the podcasting public for those that are searching for podcasts about, you know, independent filmmaking, or if they're just a fan of movie and TV show discussion, the more reviews the show has, the more likely it is to pop up as one of the first options when people are searching. So it really does help if you could take a few minutes to just leave a five-star rating or write a review. I would very much appreciate it. So I believe that is going to do it for this Monday show. Be sure to come back Thursday for my review of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you guys back here on Thursday for another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. Podcast.